stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, I host another Loving That Sports Talk. I'm my host, co-host, Terry Jack. I'm here, love. How you doing? Good. Good to be doing a live show, isn't it? Yes, it is. Very good. I enjoy it. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, what we can do, you know, I figure we start off by recapping the whole NFL season, you know. I, I remember day one when we started talking, you know, I kept telling you, I don't think there'll be a season, but you was like, yeah, I think so. What do you think at the start of that, how that went? Well, I think it went okay. I figured any time they got money involved in it, somebody's going to be losing some money, uh, they'll, they'll come together on it. And they did. Um I think it was slow. It started slow. You could definitely tell the effects of no training camp um, by some of the bad tackling and and that kind of thing. But all in all, I think it was a good season. It, it seemed to hurt more teams than others. Um, but the best team won the Super Bowl in the let's end, talk, like usual. Let's talk, let's talk about that right now, Terry. Do you really think the, the training camp, what they missed in the practice, hurt but, you know, because I know I hear a lot of players talk about too many preseason games, they're getting hurt, we don't really plan into the last one, you know. So, basically, what was hurt by it? You know, they only they played the preseason game what the players wanted to play, the number of them. Well, love, and that's going to take us off into a whole different different area, too, which, which we can definitely touch on because I want to ask you. I think that some of these players now are are getting kind of soft. Um, they don't want to practice so much in pads. Um, it's my understanding they limited how many practices in full padded practices that you could have now and that kind of thing. Um, I remember when, you know, when we were growing up and we played, and, and I think back when you played in the NFL, you practiced in pads a lot, didn't you? Yeah, and, and, and for what you said, and that's to ask your question, Terry. And I'm thinking back in those days, you know, uh, you know, back in the 50s when I played, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think back in those days, it was hidden and it's different. Now you got faster players and hit harder. And now what players are looking for is like injuries. I mean, Terry, you can go off and you know, any given time and get hurt. Yeah. You know, but, you know, I think players are saying, you know, we play in the game that don't mean none of us because. We ain't made the team already, you know? Right. So I need to go out there and prove it, mess up my season, because one, 
shot an injury to end your whole season, maybe your career. So I kind of see the point of these players where you know, there's too much practice, you know, not enough. And, and to be honest with you, Terry, once the season starts, you rarely practice. Right. <laughs> so. And that's, that's just it. I mean, you don't practice that much as it is, but these guys, and then love, what gets me is that and Marshall Falk talked about this in one of his segments that he did earlier in the year, the, toward the beginning of the year, these running backs, I mean, they'll go in for for one or two plays and they'll make a 40-yard run or maybe a 10, 15-yard run, and they're patting themselves on the helmet to come out of the game. That bothers me a little bit. That That's why I start thinking that these people are, you know, they're, they're getting a little soft in the game to a certain extent because they don't want to practice, uh, they can't run 10 to 15 yards and, and, and get tackled. And then, you know, they're all around back, all down back, and they're patting on the helmet to come out and, you know, come get me. Come come give me a break. Well, Terry, I got to disagree on you. I'm going to tell you why. You should be ashamed of yourself. You was a running back. A running back is the only player on that team. You know, they got to go 100%. Well, everybody should go 100%, but every time. Even they have to run in a block or either, you know, run in a pass route or run the ball. And they don't want to get hit the most by more than one to five people than other. Absolutely. You just, you can receivers just jog off the ball and don't, you know, run the play like a running back has to. Am I right? You can right. line and just stand up and put their hands out, right? Right. You quarterback, but the running back is the one that's taking abuse. Absolutely. And they can hit maybe by 11 players. So you should be ashamed of yourself with that one, Terry. But how can you disagree with me when you can sit up and you look at the Tony Dorsett's, you look at the Walter Paytons, you look at the Emmett Smith, you look at uh, who's Buffalo's great running back? Um, Hello. Yeah, Thurman Thomas. <laughs> Thurman yeah. Thomas. Those guys were all down backs, love, and they stayed in the whole game. Okay? They stayed in all three downs. That's what I'm talking about. So I think somebody else needs to be ashamed of themselves for running in for a play and then patting themselves on the helmet. Oh, I got to come out now. Second down and five, I got to come out of the game. If I'm all down back, you give me the ball. You give me the ball not once, not twice, but three times if you have to. These guys are not doing that, love. I don't care how many times they're getting hit. You count the times Walter Payton and all these other great backs got hit and they stayed in the game. You can't tell me, Terry, the game has a change when lots of them played. It's a faster-paced game now. And maybe Think it has it. changed, and maybe that's the issue that I'm having. Maybe I'm just not quite understanding what's going on with the game. But at the same time, we've got people talking about, well, we don't want to practice in pads for for so many you know, practices a week and, and that kind of thing. Maybe I just don't get it. I, I'm, I'm old school, I guess. <laughs> uh, I agree. Sometimes, you know, they they need to practice, but I mean, if you get out there, you know, start guy he's running and he get hurt, he's out for, you know, you get a Tom Brady out for the year because he ran the ball around the corner, which he should have slid or he shouldn't have been practicing that, you know. Right. What do you do then? Yeah. But I, I just I wonder if that now, takes away you know, that takes away from all along, all. It's been you all know? about protect your star quarterback or player. Right, but love, if you can't practice and you're not getting the reps and and and, and stuff. And I know a lot of these younger guys need it more so than, than the older guys, but doesn't that kind of take away from the game a little bit? Well, well, I think, as we talked about, you go from Pop Warner football to what is it, grade school, we down grade two, to high school, to college, to pro. There's a, there's a level of different thing. You know, you're going through those levels of trying to get in, in shape, learn the fundamental football. Once you get in the NFL, it's all about mental, you know. 
uh-huh. know you should be in a shape. And like you say, it look like they're not in a shape. But it's more yeah. mental, you know, learning how to read the block or the read the plays, you know. So I right. think they have got away from that where they think conditioning is more important. But as you see, the fourth quarter, teams that more conditioning than a win, right? That's the way I see it. But, you know, I do I do agree with you. They do need to practice a little bit more. But maybe, like I said, cut some of those preseason games down, you know? Yeah, and they could do that. I, I, I don't think that you can take away from from your work ethic and, and, and your preparation in order to make things better because, I mean, the game is what it is. You, you know what kind of physical shape you have to be in in order to, to get through a football season. And uh, right. you can't take away from that. Now, maybe you can limit to some of the preseason games, which which I agree with, but um, I just, I mean, you need that timing. You need, you know, you need that practice. You need those reps uh, in order to, to, to carry that over into the games, you know, and, and for the rest of the season. And injuries have been a part of the game for forever, you know. And, um, I mean, they're, they're going to continue to be a part of the game, too. Which I want to, I got a question for you, Love. I wanted to talk to you about I was reading the article. Tony Dorsett was, uh, was interviewed about... Um, the injuries and not having insurance and stuff with the NFL and some of these players and how they're they're having a hard time, you know, paying bills and and, and they're they're suffering injuries that they're directly from them playing football. And they talked about, you know, the medicines and the shots and the different things that they used to take. What do you what do you think about that? Do you think that that Kind of hurts and hinders some of these some of these players and in, in their and their longevity of their lives. You know, Terry, that's that's a real touchy subject with me, and I, and I think I talked a little to you about it because I was one of the players that was injured. You know, mm-hmm. when you go in, you take a physical. You you can't get on that team unless it's a hundred percent. If they cut you, you got to leave a hundred percent. If you're ninety percent, they can't cut you. Right. If they do, you get some money. When you leave there from return on that, they're not taking no physical. You know, you see the point? So right. you leaving there, you might only be 30% but came in 100. So you won't recognize those injuries until maybe years later, like, you know, uh-huh. my knee and my wrist and my finger, you know, all like that ache and, you know, from all the concussion, you know, going crazy and being, you know, Mm-hmm. This and that, and being depressed, you know, when bills come up, you're not used to where you had that type of money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, that is that article is true. You know, players are suffering so many bad injuries later on in life. You recognize that it's accumulated from from being playing football. Uh-huh. I don't think they're taking care of it. You know, they got like all these different things you can go get tested for. But yeah, you test them for it, and you test it positive. But being cuckoo or being hurt, you know, and they're not helping you. Right. So well, do, do you think that the NFL has some kind of responsibility to these guys? No. No? So when, you, when you at your job right now, and once you retire, you have responsibility. That's where when you were shot in the line of duty uh-huh. four years before that, they don't have no responsibility after that, right? Yeah. If that bullet wound still hurting you or that bullet's doing am I right? Right. So they don't have no responsibility. You're done. Retire, boom, you all. So the insurance gone, you you out of here. Right. That's so you think these guys are just gonna have to have to eat that and, and, and suffer with it? Well, what they're trying to do, you see all these things, they saw this and that, you know, trying to get medical benefit for it and all like that, you know, but right. 
Um, I think they only have it where you can only have some, because, you know, my knee, you know, I go in and get it tested whenever I want it, or, you know, but, you know, you don't know you had a head injury till later on in life, you know? Right, right. So how can you say, hey, we're going to give you medical for that if you don't know you had it until yeah. the symptoms start showing up later on down the line, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's really tough, Terry, but that's the business and the job. They're like, you know, once you're done, you're done. I know. But, Love, I'm an outsider looking in, as you know. And and I sit up and I look at all the money that, that the NFL brings in, you know. And you would think that they could have something set up to where they could at least partially help help some of these guys or or would would, would invest into some kind of insurance plan or, or something, you know, to, to help these guys. And, may, I mean, maybe that's just that's wishful thinking. But, again, I'm an outsider looking in, and I don't know the ins and outs. Yeah, and, and the thing about that, yeah, nobody knows the answer and all what goes through injuries and all that, you know, but the, the thing about Terry is that how you going to recognize something, you know, like, you know, you know, what job, you know, what you're doing from physical, how you going to recognize that nine years down the road, you know? Right. Somebody could come back and say, hey, I got this and that, and they're going to be like, you know how it goes, prove it. How, how do you know we got it from us? Yeah. You got it from, you know, so, and, and it's about money too, Terry. It's about yeah. money. So, you know, it, it's tough with that, with the injuries, man, because a lot of players, when I go to those retirement meetings, yeah, a lot of players, you know, complaining about injuries and what age and getting out of bed, and, you know, the knees and, you know. Yeah. Just last week, you know, I didn't even know my injury, you know, I was like, you know, I was walking and just fell down. My knee went out. It ain't done yeah. that in a while, but, you know, that's the injury I got. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it is tough, though, Terry. It's hard to, to see these players like this. Yeah, I know. I mean, the guys that you grew up with and, you know, I sit and talk with you and stuff like that and, and, and you know, watching your, your idols like Dorsett and these guys sit back and, and complain about, you know, how they're ailing. And and nothing being able to be done with, and I don't I don't think Dorsett's in some of the situation as as a lot of the other guys who probably either came before him or didn't make as money much money as he did. But you know, it's just kind of sad to to see that. You know, that's what come off break. I think Gaylord called him, but I wanted to get to that when you said that too, Ted, because I, I watched a special on um, T.O. and he said he was broke. So uh, I wanted to talk about you know because we got a question that came up on the um, thing that somebody asked. But we'll go through that question, Terry, because that's a good point you brought up. But let's take a break, Terry, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about recapping the season. All right. Co host Terry Jackson, everybody listening in. We're going to get Terry Pitcher on the web, too, so be looking for that. So this is James Lovey, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, my host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host Terry Jackson. You that, TJ? I'm here. And guess we got our own listener, Galen Saxon, back. You there, Galen? I'm here. <laughs> good to have you. We missed you last week. I missed you guys too, man. It was good. <laughs> Tebow called in. He's like, where's Galen? Said, you know what, Tebow? <laughs> we'll talk about that next year. <laughs> he, he, was, uh, he was doing his thing on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> well, Galen, we to break. Me and Terry uh, was talking about, you know, all the players' injuries and all that. And then a question came up on the thing. A listener, Bradford from Cincinnati, why do all athletes end up going broke? Don't they have enough money that they can make it throughout their life? Who wants to shoot first, you know? Well, I'd like to shoot first because mine's going to be short and simple. I've never been one of those athletes who had a lot of money. I've always been broke. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that answer. Well, for me, I'll go get it. I'll let you cap it off because you probably, you know, you know, when I was in there, you know, the, the two years I was there, there was a lot of money that I never had, you know, get it. Mm-hmm. And tell you, you know how it is, you're growing up, you get $10. You run to the candy store, you was happy. Burn a hole in your pocket, yeah. Right. So when we got up there, you know, you're getting paid every Monday. You know, that's a lot of money, you know, and you feel like, hey, you know, it's always going to be there. And you just spend it, you know, because, you know, next Monday you had the same amount. It wasn't nothing different or. It'll be the same amount of money, so and then you and that, you know, you kinda keep up with the Joneses, you know. I know I kinda try to hang around Randall and Chris Carter and all that and they were spending I'm like, Okay, give me that too, you know, give me that too for twenty five hundred dollars, you know? <laughs> I can even spell the name. Kutauchi, what are those suits, those big names too? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and, and you get into that thing and you're not thinking in the long run. I think uh, they say they got people that could prepare you for that, you know, help you, but it's hard. Is it, Galen? Mm. 
Well, I, I think so. I mean, you know, you go from uh, zero to ninety and overnight. You know, I mean, it. Uh, you get all that money. You're not used to having it in college, and most of those guys growing up, they didn't have money as well. So, you know, when they do get it, then uh, sometimes, like uh, Terry has said, it burn a hole in your pocket. So you want to spend it and so forth. You know, I think uh, it's a it's a big generalization to say that all athletes get rich. Okay, and all of them blow their money. Okay, all of them don't blow their money, and all all of them definitely don't get rich. I mean, uh, the 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 high profile players they're making a lot of money. <clears throat> uh, the athletes today make way more money than I did back in the day, uh, but they're still not making millions and millions of dollars. So they're all majority of those guys are going to have to go on find other jobs and and continue to be productive out there in society uh, doing a different career because the career the average time spent in the NFL is, you know, four years or less. So, you know, I mean, most people don't have an opportunity to make the money that the Peyton Mannings, the Bradys, the, you know, all those guys. There are some out there who do. Some of them take care of their money. Some of them don't. Well, Gayla and Terry, answer me this because, you know, I know what you're saying, Gayla, not, we didn't make, I didn't make, I know much as you know, but it's a lot to me when you have no money. And you, like you said, but, you know, you look at the players and you're like, oh, they won't buy. I've seen, um, Dr. J, I think maybe about maybe four or five months ago, selling his world championship ring. You know, you look at those players like that, you would figure they would be more, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just like any, uh, you know, any other person who's successful, whether it's through football or, or their CEOs of some company or something, I mean, I mean, the market changes. I mean, they make investments, you know, and, and those vet investments don't necessarily work out. And so when they don't work out, especially for a professional athlete, then, you know, that gravy chain comes to an end and they can't get back on their feet as fast unless they have, you know, they go on to have a career in announcing or, you know, or they're able to, you know, um, get on their two feet by, you know, being a viable employee in somebody's business or having their own um, business being an entrepreneur. But, you know, again, I mean, people, I, I believe a lot of those those uh, athletes, you know, they try to make investments. They try to make, you know, do the right decisions, but sometimes those decisions don't pay off. And and the result of that, uh, you know, they go broke. Did you see that story, Terry? Yeah, um, I mean, when the money stops coming in, you you got to make it somewhere. I mean, if you don't, if you're not making enough to last you, you know, through your life, and you have a short-lived career in, in any sports, um, if you think about it, a normal everyday person's got to work for thirty years, thirty or forty years to you know to be able to live halfway comfortably retired. Um, these guys really aren't no different. They've got to do the right things with their money, and sometimes they probably mess up, make 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 a wrong investment or something. Well, and, and, you know, I, I know, but I want our listeners to know, but, you know, you look at Teal, 80 million, and then, like, the one guy, um, um, basketball player, uh, God, I can't think of his name right now, $180 million, he had his bread, he broke. You know, what do you guys say about that? I mean, that's a lot of money, guys. Y'all seem to say, you know, but that's a lot of money that some people are making a lifetime, you know, and, and you know? way more. I mean, most people won't make that money in a lifetime. But, you know, you got to realize, you know, if you're making that kind of money, you're living a, a much higher lifestyle. And, again, I mean, you have other people. Uh, you have agents you have to pay. You're you're a corporation at that point, and so there's bills that need to be paid. You're not making $180 million. you got to pay. Uh, you got to pay attorneys. you got to pay agents. you got to pay 
staff people. You, I mean, you're, you're a corporation, and, and you, you know, you, 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 you're, you're, uh, that money's going out too. So if you don't have a way to replace it after that career is over, then you know it's tough. You don't, you don't make uh, taxes. You know, people don't consider taxes 180 million, but taxes are being paid out of that 180 million. Yeah. You know. Well, I know you say 80 million, 180 million. You probably walk away with. A hundred, probably. Okay, then, am I right? Or uh, you, you, know, know, significant think, you, know. My, you know, my point is, is that people don't realize everything that's coming at you when you're in that position. But yeah, I, I agree. But still, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to spend that a lot of money. I mean, I don't do it. But I'm like, man, what you buying? You know. Well, all I can say is that if I and I've never had 180 million, and I don't know too many people who have, but if I had 180 million dollars, I don't think that I would be broke. Uh, I, I would promise you that I would make sure that that money would last me, and and I would still be able to enjoy, you know, a good lifestyle. But we that come from you know less money than others, we we always say that we could live um, with that kind of money, <laughs> I guess, until we get it, but. I, mean, I don't understand about T.O. Uh, having the, the money he did. I mean, I know he had some kid troubles and child support and that kind of thing, but he also had his own show. And um, you would think he'd be a little bit a little bit smarter than that, have some people around him, because Galen and Love, I think you need people around you like that to make sure you're doing the right thing. And I think that's what uh, Mike Tyson didn't have, um, being a, a world champion with millions of dollars at the age of 19, you know. Mm-hmm. And initially he did, but then way. he got rid of them. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you go out with these players, like I was saying earlier, Caleb, is that um, you try and be like them. You know, like I was hanging out with Chris and Jerome and all them. They spend it. You know, mm-hmm. you try and be like them. You know, like I tell Terry, like the Joneses. You know, you you can't compete with them. I mean, they throw money out like it's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. you figure you know you could do that, knowing that. Down there in the long run, you don't, you don't fall off short of the quick faster than they are, you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're not looking. I mean, how many times, you know, Gay don't tell you, you've been around people that just say, hey, I got it, you know, don't worry about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Man. How many yeah. times you done it? Like, don't worry about it, I got it. You know, you know, like, man, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you. There's some of that, especially early on in your career when you're younger. But, you know, at some point, you know, a lot of these guys make that money over a period of time. So, you know, and, and in football, you know, a lot of that money is not guaranteed. Like in baseball and basketball, that money is guaranteed. In football, uh, it's not necessarily guaranteed. The signing bonus is the only thing that's guaranteed. So when you see some of those inflated numbers, then, uh, you know, sometimes those people haven't earned it and they may not ever have an opportunity to earn it because of the salary cap and those types of things. They cut those players. And so, you know, somebody like... T.O., I don't know if he actually made the $80 million or whatever, but, again, uh, you know, sometimes we make the bad, bad decisions with the money. Let's think of those, all those people who win the lottery. And the mm-hmm. majority of those people who uh, win the lottery end up losing all the money that they've won just for because they lack of management skills and so forth and so on. So, you know, it's, people are no different than the athletes. Yeah. <clears throat> You talking to Terry? I'm sorry. No, no. Oh, I, I agree. I agree yeah. with Galen. I, I mean, that's right. I I sit and watch those shows all the time. How the lottery changed my life, and I sit there and I say, <laughs> I know the lottery would really change my life <laughs> for <Yeah>. the better <laughs> if I could win a hundred million dollars. Mm. <laughs> and you ever notice they every look back, 
They say every lottery winner end up going broke. Do you yeah. see that? The, the, yeah. Um, the stats they did on that, every one of them end up going broke. They won the lottery. Yeah. So it's just not athletes, you know. It, it's rather normal people that amount of money, you know. Anybody. I mean, that's a, that's a ton of money to manage. And, you know, I mean, there's other, you know, they don't, you win $100 million, but you don't get $100 million. You get much less than that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, let me ask you guys. You guys say what everybody else say. Do you think you'll go broke with eighty million dollars? No, I would not. <laughs> I can say that with a hundred percent certainty. No, I wouldn't. I, I tell you what, Terry. Let's let give it alone to us and see who will go broke first, me or you. How does that sound, Caleb? Okay, that sounds good. I wouldn't go broke. You know, I manage money right now, so I, I know what to do with it. You know, uh, when I was a kid, though, when I was younger. You know, twenty something odd years ago, I don't know if uh, you right. know uh, what I would have done actually with that. So I mean, you know, those are young men who come into a ton of money uh, uh, when they haven't had something had any in, a, in their lives, and so you know they just don't know how to act sometimes. So yeah. now, now, now I wouldn't. I can't speak for when I was younger. <laughs> right, a nineteen or a twenty year old Terry Jackson would be broke probably. <laughs> I guarantee you that. <laughs> Is this fair to say most of the people in the NFL didn't have money? There's a rough few that had money. Is that fair to say? I would say the majority of them probably didn't come from any money. So it's a new thing to them. Yes, definitely. So, I mean, if it's something new, you're going to just overuse it. But what we're going to do, we got to take no break. But when we come on the break, we're going to start to show up a little bit. We're going to talk about, I think me and Terry gave the money, uh, lunch, or dinner. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about women. Please, why don't you be quiet sometime? Uh oh, Lord. Shut your mouth. Ain't that what they say over there? Why do they speak up? Sit down, watch the game, or make some wings. We'll be back with Jerry Lemon, Jerry Jackson, and Gavin Pax for stirring it up on the next half of the flagship station for sports voice america sports have we got a high energy all access sports show for you it's outside the huddle starring lemond williams each week join lemond as he takes callers discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving by hosting Loving That Sports Talk. Get called TJ Terry Jackson. We've got a mean man, Galen, back on today. You right there? Yeah, I'm here. We're here. Well, guys, this this half, I think, um, before we start, Terry, me and you owe Galen a dinner. Yes, we do. For all the listeners out there, Galen won a little thing. He picked the right team, and, you know, well, let him blow for me. Go ahead, Galen. Well, how did you win it? First of all, I want to say we're not going to McDonald's, Burger King, Kentucky <laughs> Fried Chicken, or nothing like that, okay? <laughs> we ain't got 80 million now. <laughs> we're going to spend that, that, that millions you guys talked about with earlier. We're going to spend yeah. some of that millions y'all made. So, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, with the, like I told you guys, process of eliminating all my other teams, you know, I had to pick somebody. And, and uh, you know, the, the Giants defense had been playing so well. Eli had been playing pretty well. And their running game has been pretty good. So, you know, I just went with the Giants. And, you know, I was with them um, actually in training camp with them in 88. And that was a sort of sentimental favor for me as well. So, Right on. Yeah. Well, I mean, like like we say, Gayla, you know, that game, it could have went either way. I mean, but, like, that's what a game is. One mistake and it can make the game or turn. And everybody's saying, well, if we walk, we missed that pass. But, you know, there's other factors there where they, you know, am I right? But you know, look at that point. That pass and the, the pass that um, um I can't think of his name the guy for the Giants those are two key factors of the game oh yeah yeah it, it was a good game I mean it was a defensive game and, and you know the the, the offenses didn't do much production and you know for people like yourself love you know it's more of a boring game if the, if the offense is not aren't boring right. yeah, but boring. when you see the hitting in the defense you, you just love seeing that kind of stuff, so. Well, and, and now we want to get to the real thing of the show. You know, Terry told me I had to clarify what I had to say, right, Terry? Yeah, yeah, you might want to clarify it. Yeah. Uh, let me clarify for the listeners. <laughs> now, Tom Brady, his wife, a model, what was her name? Giselle. 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 At the game, watching the game. Women sitting at the game at home, show your man or your husband watching the game. You know, and it came up, you know, why men don't want women watching the game. That's one reason why we don't want the women watching the game. <laughs> there, her thing was, was after the game, one of the reporters asked her, you know, what's going on with Tom? And she spotted out, my husband can't throw the ball and catch it to the receiver dropping the ball. One, my thing is, she put his teammates down his receivers, you know, and that's not good for her. Two, she'll want to sit down, go in there and cook some wings. 
I'll go on and watch Lifetime Show. What do you guys think? <laughs> go, go ahead, Terry. <laughs> well, you know, I guess you could take this one or two ways. That's her husband. That's her love. She's going to try to stick up for him and protect him and be by his side like she's supposed to do. And she's got to, you know, she's got a gun to shoot as well in, in, in order to protect him. Um, so she says what she says. You know, the receivers can't catch the balls. They weren't dropping the, you know, they were dropping the balls, and my husband can't throw the ball and catch it too. I think she was feeling a little heat from the, from the media and, uh, of course, concerned about Tom and his performance. Now, the second part of that is you as, I mean, that's Tom, that's your husband's teammates that you're talking about. Those are the same people that Tom's going to have to go back to next year and throw the football to training camp, dinner, lunch, all of that. Tom's going to have to be there for them people. You can't put him in a situation to where he can't defend what you just said. So it was wrong. She can say what she wants to say. Probably didn't have any right saying that like that, like she did. So, Kayla. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to go at it this way. I mean, under the heat of the moment, you know, uh, just watching the game, she has a lot invested in it as well. Uh, and being addressed, and, you know, maybe there was some heckling going on as well. You know, I just think in the heat of the moment, she wasn't considering anybody but protecting her husband. She, right. I mean, she, I don't think she realized that she was, by protecting her husband, she's putting down the receivers at the same time, you know. And so I think in the heat of the moment, she just got caught up, and, you know, she just blurted that out, you know. And, you know, the media's going to make a big, big deal about it. Uh, and she, like uh, Terry says, she, that's her husband. She's trying to protect him. Uh, and, you know, it just came out that way. But, you know, when things like that come up, it doesn't look good for the player, Tom Brady in this case, who's being protected by his spouse, you know. It just doesn't look good. It doesn't look right. So, you know, I don't know if they should be in there cooking wings or nothing like that, but they need, <laughs> they need to be able to control themselves a little bit better. Maybe there should be some training for the wives so that yeah. when they're in this situation that they could address the media or, you yeah, know. Yeah, they need a training camp. Okay? They need a training yeah, well, that's camp. That's what we was talking about before. The lack of training camp. They need to act a certain way as well, like the players, you know. So. <laughs> hey, it's like Brad and Jake. Brad and Jake say, shut your mouth. Say that ain't me. <laughs> go to training camp. You have three yeah, weeks yeah, of training camp. All you do is you, you go there. What's our first rule? Shut your mouth. What's our second rule? Shut your mouth. The third rule? Shut your mouth. Camp's over with. Go watch the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are being too nice, you know. You know as well, she has no right. That's that man's job. Plain and simple. I mean, that could cause conflict for him and that player. You know what I'm saying? Women don't know the sport as good as the men to say, hey, why Wesley Walker wasn't catching the ball? It was an awkward, you know, he was in an awkward position to catch that ball. So, you know, he couldn't, I mean, it would been a hell of a catch, you know, so, you know, that's what I think. But the bottom line is he wasn't not trying to catch the ball. That's yeah. what needs right. to be understood. And yeah. by her saying that, I mean, you know, she she kind of just stuck him out there, put upon Put Tom in a, in a in a pretty bad predicament, I think. But hey, I don't think her wife would have done the same doctor. thing. I think you know, and, and I have to look at it from that aspect. Um, you know, she's going to say if somebody's on me like that, and, and what's her reaction going to be? I gotta I gotta protect my husband. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, yes, yeah. I don't think her intent was to to put down the receivers 
it was to protect her husband. And, right. You know, that's what, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm so sure she's thinking about it now and said, dang, what was the heck was I thinking? Just like a lot of players or, you know, coaches do, they just say the wrong things. And, and unfortunately, she's Tom Brady's wife and she can't do those types of things. But the thing about it is, is that, again, we go back to the Tebow thing. Why would they print that? Why does that make a, a story? You know? Really, why does that make a story? I, I don't get it. Well, you know, Galen. Well, you know, I mean, again, you know, they're looking for anything, and with social media, and you know, you tweet, you tweet something, come off. You know, they were talking about this morning on ESPN. You tweet something wrong, <laughs> and they're all on it, like you know, a chicken on a June bug. You know, they yeah. just get on it whenever, whatever they can get. They, they try to get to it, so you know, they they got. People out there watching for a little bit here, a little bit there, and then they take advantage of whatever they can get. Yeah. Don't know that go back together when we talk about the media to make or break a, a, a athlete. Again, uh, no, I had to, you know, I had to disagree with you again. Athlete can make or break athlete by the decisions they make on and off the field. Basically, that's it. But you, you know. just said the media takes them and then they blow it up and then it's it out to where. Everybody hate them, fan wise or blah blah blah. Or, you know, well they take it. They take it. So if you put it out there, it's going to be taken. That's it. I mean, you, you got to watch yourself, and especially in this in this high technology age. I mean, everything you do is under a microscope when you're in that position, and so you got to be careful. Just like she has to be careful, you know. Uh, and and the people around you. I mean, there's just no room for error. So you said it too. She said, "Shut up, mom, huh?" <laughs> Y'all ain't just gonna leave me hanging out here. Now. Hey, you hold your own in that. I tell you, I told you what I believe. I mean, you know, I don't know if she should be with an apron in the kitchen or nothing like that. I mean, you know, she's sort of fine, so I don't know, man. You know, she needs to be wearing. Hey, 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 you ain't gonna walk that rope. Yep, yep. <laughs> Get a message next week. <laughs> well, we should do next. We have the women call in and talk about what should they do. Sit there. Yeah, that would be good. I'd like to hear what they should go to the training camp that Terry would send them to. That's right. We maybe we should set up. Maybe that could be a good business for us. We set up a wise training camp for how to handle themselves in the media. <laughs> you know, I, I would really like to know what some female opinion would be on this. Mm -hmm. if they agree with what she said? Do you know? I mean, because we're getting it from one side. It's our side. I, I would love for somebody to call in if they're listening. Call in and give us your thought on that. Well, well let me ask you guys this. I'm gonna put y'all out there today. I don't care. I'm putting y'all out there. Terry put me out there. He told me to get my butt up today. <laughs> but uh, what do you guys feel about with the women next to you and they yelling out some or speaking out? I don't know what they're talking about. Is there sometimes you want to just, you know, just say, you know, just go in the other room, you know? Is there times like that? <laughs> <laughs> y'all laughing. <laughs> hey, there you go, love. See, that, that, see, uh-uh. <laughs> No, uh, I don't think so. Well, you know, I want to explain it to him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you got time to explain it. <laughs> well, I, I would like to, you know, just give them a little bit of education on, you know, they really don't know. What you know what, though? I have problems with men like that as well. You know, I like when I go to the games here at the University of Wyoming or when I go to some of the Bronco games, 
you know, it's hard for me to sit in the stands because most people aren't educated enough to know what's going on out there on the field. So to keep me from choking people, I try to stay on the sideline, you know, or down on the other ends where I don't have to hear people talking about something that they don't know. Yeah. They don't know what, know what they're talking about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say, Derek? I agree. I mean, you know, it, it's hard uh, both ways. I mean, sometimes I, I get to looking at my wife when – when when we're cheering and, and stuff for for my son, I mean, I'm on one end coaching, and the coach is on the other end on the bench coaching, and <laughs> somebody will do something, and, and my wife will look at me and she says, "Really, you know, are you are you seriously hollering out like that?" Um, but then there's other times when <laughs> when she does the same thing, and I have to look at her. And I'm like, honey, come on now, calm down, <laughs> you know. I mean, so it goes both ways for me. I, I, I've seen it both ways. But it goes back to what they're talking about. Do they understand the game, um, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of tough sometimes when you're, when you're dealing with people that um, are not quite sure about what they're talking about and, and, and they're blurting stuff out. But. Well, and I know what you're saying. I'm not trying to get like I said, all women don't know. Football, you know, sort of, but 99%, you know. <laughs> Put a number out there. I, you know what, though? I tell you what it is irritating, James. Huh? I tell you what is irritating is when they do learn about football and then they become, uh, you know, a professional critic. Oh, God. <laughs> now, that's irritating right there. They know more than what, you. And you play the game, they more know more than you. you. <laughs> yeah, that's irritating. I can't get texts from people. Well, all they got to do is call in next week and tell them what they think because I think I'm here to on both ways, Gavin. Huh? You know, like I say, well, why such a size do this? And he all know, like, well, there's a reason why there. You just blurting out, you know what I'm saying? Now you want to be a critic. You want to be on ESPN first take. You know? <laughs> then they go, well, I don't understand that. Why did he? Well, he needs to get the first down and go out of bounds, you know? Uh-huh. So both you guys are... Uh, Wrong and right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and like you say, you know, she needs to sit back and shut them off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's oh, like you're, you're, you're running an ISO play or you're running a dive, okay? And to an av- any lay person watching a football game, they're saying to themselves, why is the running back running into all of those people? Why doesn't he go around <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Okay? Well, the play was not designed to go around. It was designed for there to be a hole to go through. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those kind of things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> my, my girlfriend refers to that as the mush pile. Why does he just run into the mush pile? <laughs> and so I was like, look, babe, you know, he's trying to get some yardage. But <laughs> so, you know. Hey, and then the, the main thing that go back to, well, we really want to watch the ball. We just wanted to watch the bus. <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot too, though. <laughs> well, go in the other room and watch it on another TV. You know, <laughs> and then the, you'll be sitting there watching the game, and she'll be like, mm. "What? What? About? Mm, mm, what?" Well, that is true. So, hey, next week they call in. We want to defend yourself. Come on with it. You know, getting there ready for y'all. They the one said it. <laughs> right, listen to it. Come to the mush pile. You get the mush pile. <laughs> yeah. But the, but the captain season, though, uh, Galen, tell you, you know, what do y'all think of it overall? I mean, I think, you know, 
it didn't go the way everybody thinks, like I was telling everybody. Just because you start off 12-0, that don't mean you're those Super Bowl winner. You know, no. it's the hot team. I think in the last six weeks of the season, the one again. So I thought New Orleans would win it. I thought it was, you know, going to come on and be the better team. But, you know, I didn't see the Giants. Not at all. I didn't see them. Uh, I seen New England going Super Bowl. I didn't see them winning it. So what do you guys think of the season? Well, I, I thought that ending this, the best team won in the end. Um, I didn't think the Giants were going to make it after, what, week 14. Uh, I, I never thought that they would be in that position um, to do that. But they played the best football late. Um, those guys believed in each other, and uh, and they came together and won. Um, and, and I think that that's an extraordinary story. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad Brady didn't win because I'm sick and tired of hearing about Tom Brady, almost as tired of hearing about him as I am Tebow. <laughs> but um, I think the best team won, and uh, I think they deserved to win. Um, I had I, I couldn't pick between Green Bay and, and New Orleans, and then I figured it was going to be one of those hot teams that was going to just go out there and light it up. And they stumbled and fell, and, and they didn't make it. And in the end, Galen was right. It was a team that had balance, good defense, um, good offense, a running game. Um, and uh, I think the best team won. The best all-around team won. And for me, I think the best all-around team in the Super Bowl game won. But to me, the two best teams were San Francisco and the Ravens as far as they, I mean, they, there were some crucial mistakes made in those championship games that they should have probably been there. But, uh, you know, I think the season as a whole was, I, I thought it was one of the best seasons uh, just because of the lockout, you know, and how it started. And, and the lockout uh, could have made the season much, much worse than what it was. But, man, I tell you, the momentum that carried from the time they they uh, got the deal done until the end of the Super Bowl was just totally amazing. And they were able to save their sport by getting in the camp on time, uh, in time enough to save the season, and then carry that momentum through the whole season, the culmination of a Super Bowl with the highest ratings of, of any TV program ever. You know, I think it was a very, very successful season for the NFL. Oh, man, Terry, talk about that, Gary. Let me talk about, do you think the um, short season hurt teams? Because I think, you know, when what Terry was saying, you know, they, they, these players run out of the game, running backs after 140 yards and the conditioning. And, and I think that short season with all that play from preseason and practice helped it because you're not getting injuries as much. What are you thinking? Well, I think that, that it hurt them uh, in the fact that, you know, injuries-wise, a lot of people who got hurt early on because they weren't able to go through the uh, uh, the training camps and so forth and get in condition enough, they had to go, uh, you know, from um, not doing too much to going immediately into going, you know, full speed. So I think it hurt them a little bit there uh, as far as that goes. But um, otherwise, it, it was it was it was a good season. It was it was successful. Yeah. So how many star players do you see um, go through the whole? I mean, they have training count, but they don't do all the running or all the plays. You know, how many of that? How many? How many what? You see, they don't do all the workouts in, in the training preseason <clears throat> and all like that. Not until up to the last um, preseason game. So basically, uh-huh. they're really not getting no 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 practice time. 
Well, they're getting practice time. They're just not getting the wear and tear of the games, you know. I mean, they won't play in the last preseason game, but they're getting their timing down. You know, they're getting their reps in uh, out there uh, during two-a-days. I don't even know if they have those anymore. But, uh, you know, I mean, they're they're in camp and they're going through, they're getting the plays, you know, the playbook down. You know, most of those veterans anyway know the playbook unless they're doing some tweaking and stuff to the playbook. But, you know, I mean, uh, you know, those things are important. Um, going into a season, and you know a lot of those teams they hurt the younger guys more probably than the veterans. You know, and those guys like Tim Tebow or uh, Cam Newton and all those guys who didn't get a chance to uh, get timing down with their with their teammates and so forth. Those were those guys were definitely hurt by the lockout. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Terry. Uh, well, I, I want to know from Galen uh, about the question that we were talking about earlier as well. In my opinion, Galen, it seems like some of our NFL players are getting soft. And and Love disagrees, but I think, uh, you know, Marshall Falk talked about it earlier on. When when you're an all-down back, all-around back, you can be in the play on first down to third down. You should be in there if that's what you're considered. But some of these guys are, are coming out after, you know, one or two plays, and, you know, it's third down crucial plays, and, the guy sitting over there on the sideline. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Galen? Give me what you know your experience from 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 when you played. Yeah, you know I think in the NFL and it's continuously evolving. You know, uh, it's it's more specialized, and so you know you don't have too many backs in the NFL nowadays that are are three down backs. You know, uh, you bring in different players uh, to come in on third down who can catch the ball a little bit better, receivers in the backfield, you know. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's evolving all the time. So you have specialty-type players and who make a lot of money. Like, for instance, Darren Sproles, you know I mean? He's one of those backs that he can play on first down, but you don't want him playing every first down because he's too small and he can end up getting injured. But if you put him out there uh, to go out for some passes and so forth, then he can hurt you. Severely, and he, he's 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 a great asset for a team, but he's not an every down back. You know, Adrian Peterson is good on first and second down more than he is on third down and long because he's more of a runner. He's not as good out of the backfield, and so with a specialized uh, uh, NFL, then you're going to have more and more people coming out and not being able to play uh, on you know all three downs. Now, there's a very few of them out there who do do it, and those are the ones that are good enough to do that, you know, good for them. But, you know, I, I think they're, I don't know if they're softer, but they don't have to work as hard now. I mean, you know, you don't have training camp. We used to have training camp for six weeks in the NFL. You know, now you, you, maybe two weeks, and I don't think they're going to have too any at all now from what I understand. And so, you know, they have less wear and tear on their bodies, which makes them maybe going to last a little bit longer. Well, I'll tell you what I'm thinking about doing, and I, I would encourage y'all to. Uh, we should just go back and get in shape. I'm 40. Uh, I know, I know, I can run two downs, okay, and I can get you at least seven or eight yards on them two downs right now. For any football team out there, maybe I'll just get back into shape and, and, and specialize, as so I don't have to play two downs a series. Hey, hey, Terry, but the thing about it, you said two downs. You talking two downs in a game? You ain't talking about two downs every season. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I go out there for one off, and I'm done. I think it's gonna work. Galen, I think I'm just a little old school because if you're a running back, 
you need to be able to run, you need to be able to catch, you need to be able to block. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with all this specialized guy stuff, you know. I mean, and, and I talked about the Tony Dorsett's and the Marcus Allen and Bo Jackson, um, all those great running backs. They did it all, you know. And I'm just, I'm just not used to this, this specialized thing. I'm gonna go in for two plays because this is, this is what I do good. I can, you know, I can run on first down or I can catch a swing pass out of backfield, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, defensive has, uh, defense has evolved, too. I mean, you know, you got so much specialization in, in defense, too, uh, because it's a pass league now, you know. As you know, Terry, we've talked about this. It's a pass-happy league. doesn't make you, I mean, you may be able to throw the ball around, but if we know, too, that if you can't run in this league, you also it's, it's going to be tougher for you to win that Super Bowl. And yeah. so you need to have a little bit of both. Like, right. you know, uh, you know, they had uh, – uh, Brandon Jacobs, uh, big heavy back on first downs. They hit you with the Giants, this, and then they have the uh, little uh, running back, a little bit quicker, and can catch the ball in the backfield. What's his name? Forty-four uh, with the Giants, and so you know they had it right going both ways. They pound you or get a little quicker, and you know, I mean, and and um, uh, New England didn't have no back. <laughs> yeah, they have Tom Brady. That that just hurts you, you know. Yeah. Well, guys, we only got 30 seconds, but what we'll do next week, we'll take the question from Alyssa, you know, next week, do some more questions, and then we'll take callers from women. If you think Galen and Terry wrong about, you know, sit down, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting it out of me. Call in. We're looking forward to hearing. Thanks again, Galen's calling in, and Terry Yeah. All right. Next Thank week. you, love. I see y'all. All right. Thanks. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.